From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Through, Not Engulfed. The text is Isaiah 43 and verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Bridge there is none. We must go through the waters and feel the rush of the rivers. The presence of God in the flood is better than a ferryboat. Tried we must be, but triumphant we shall be, for Jehovah himself, who is mightier than many waters, shall be with us. Whenever else he may be away from his people, the Lord will surely be with them in difficulties and dangers. The sorrows of life may rise to an extraordinary height, but the Lord is equal to every occasion. The enemies of God can put in our way dangers of their own making, namely persecutions and cruel mockings, which are like a burning fiery furnace. What then? We shall walk through the fires." God being with us, we shall not be burned. Nay, not even the smell of fire shall remain upon us. Oh, the wonderful security of the heaven-born and heaven-bound pilgrim! Floods cannot drown him, nor fires burn him. Thy presence, O Lord, is the protection of thy saints from the varied perils of the road. Behold, in faith I commit myself unto thee, and my spirit enters into rest.
At this season of the year, the thoughts of God's people turn with special emphasis to the miracle of the Incarnation, the incomprehensible truth of Emmanuel, God with us. To assist you in meditating upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world, we're happy to offer a unique publication called The Twelve Days of Christmas. Written by Roger Ellsworth, an experienced minister and writer, The Twelve Days of Christmas is a small paperback book containing 24 devotions, each including a short scripture reading, several paragraphs, and a concluding to think about section that draws lines of application from the text to modern-day life. The book is intended to help the hearts and minds of believers to focus on the wonder of the Incarnation, as well as to encourage unbelievers to come in repentance and faith to Christ. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make this inspirational booklet available free of charge to our listening audience. You may have a copy simply by contacting us by phone, email, or regular mail. You may call us at 864 That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. We encourage you to request your free copy of The Twelve Days of Christmas. On today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns commences a message entitled The Many Faces of Saving Grace, part of this series in the life and earthly ministry of Christ. The text is found in several portions of Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, 
which recount three episodes in the Savior's ministry, the raising of the son of the widow of Nain, the anointing of Christ by the woman named only as a sinner, then the service rendered to Christ by a group of women, which included Mary Magdalene. There is a strong contrast here between the doubts expressed by John the Baptist, imprisoned in Herod's dungeon, and these women, who showed no reluctance at all in following and serving Christ. Their implicit trust in the Savior are examples of what godly women can do for God. Now Dr. Cairns introduces the message, The Many Faces of Saving Grace. As we continue the studies in the life of Christ, we turn this morning to Luke's Gospel, Chapter 7. Luke's Gospel, Chapter 7. We're going to read the passage, verse 11, to the end of verse 18. And then we're going to take up the reading again at verse 36 reading through the verse 3 of the following chapter. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. It came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. And when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about, and the disciples of John showed him all of these things. Now verse 36, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. 
And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee, Go in peace. It came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Amen. The Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his own word for his name's sake. This Bible reading this morning records three distinct episodes in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, there was the raising from the dead of the son of the widow of Nain. Then there was the anointing of Christ in the house of Simon the Pharisee by a woman of the city, a woman who was euphemistically called a sinner, known widely for her breach of the seventh commandment. And then... In chapter 8, we have read of the service done for Christ by Mary Magdalene and other women, two of whom are mentioned here, having been delivered themselves from great affliction and oppression, they made their service available to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he received it. Now, these things obviously share a common theme. I think you can see immediately that on the surface of all three episodes, you have Christ dealing with women, particularly with women in great need. It's obvious also that most of these women, we're not told much about the effects upon the widow in the city of Nain, but we're certain about the others. So we can say most of these women evidence a high degree of grace and of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we could also say that they recognized the glory of the Lord Jesus, his person, and his work in a deeper way than most of his other disciples. 
And I think you will see that the assurance that they had and that they expressed concerning the Savior and His work stands in stark contrast with the unbelief of that greatest of men, namely John the Baptist. In the passage in Luke 7 that we omitted, and I omitted it because we have dealt with a similar passage already, there is a dispute among commentators as to whether uh, this passage in Luke 7, 19 to 35 records the same doubting of John the Baptist or whether it's a recurrence of it. I tend to think it's a recurrence of it personally, but I wouldn't make any great issue of the matter. One way or the other, we have in those verses that we didn't read the story of how John sent from prison, doubting, despite all that God had told him, despite the fact that he personally had, a, had baptized the Lord Jesus Christ, despite the fact that he had seen the Spirit coming upon him in the form of a dove, despite all these evidences, John cooked up in the prison, no doubt with his ardent nature bursting to get out not only of the prison but into the streets again with his message, began to doubt, and he said, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And if it is right that this is the second occurrence of this doubt, that John was not entirely satisfied with the first response, and he's still saying, If you are the one that I declared you to be, why am I languishing here in prison? What is going on out there? If this is so, then it only throws into all the bolder relief, the amazing certainty and assurance that these ladies expressed concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something very tender and touching about their attitude. There is a wonderful abandon about how they treat the Savior. There is none of the reticence that was so often marked in the lives and in the responses of the men who became disciples even of the Lord Jesus Christ. The woman coming in from the street brings her alabaster box of ointment. Certainly something of great value. Despite all that may be said about her, no doubt was said about her. She came weeping, washing the feet of the Savior with her tears, wiping the tears away with her hair, and anointing his feet. That was reckless abandon. Similarly with Mary Magdalene and with uh, Joanna and with Susanna, coming with all their substance openly, laying everything at the feet of Jesus, everything at the disposal of the Master. Clearly these passages are useful in a variety of ways. I think they have a word for every woman. Obviously, since women are at the heart of every one of these narratives, there's a word for women. 
especially women who at times feel neglected, undervalued, taken for granted, demeaned, overlooked, or generally sidelined from the great issues of life by the demands of home life, sometimes thinking that they can never be anything great or do anything great or of significance in the work of God. These passages are certainly an answer to all such feelings, for they show such women, that the Lord Jesus Christ has a place for them. Not only a place, but an eminent place. A place of lasting significance and value. A service that is going to tell for God throughout life and indeed throughout eternity. I was interested to read what Bishop J.C. Ryle the first Protestant bishop of Liverpool, had to say about these women. He said, we can well imagine that the difficulties these holy women had to face in becoming Christ's disciples were neither few nor small, but none of these things moved them. Grateful for mercies received at our Lord's hands, they were willing to endure much for his sake, strengthened inwardly by the renewing grace of the Holy Ghost. They were enabled to cleave to the very end. Then something, he says, that's humbling to all the men in the Church of Christ. It was not, and he emphasizes throughout this, the negatives. It was not a woman who sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. They were not women who forsook the Lord in the garden and fled. It was not a woman who denied him three times in the high priest's house. But they were women who wailed and lamented when Jesus was led forth to be crucified. They were women who stood to the last by his cross. They were women who were first to visit the grave where the Lord lay. And Rilad's great indeed is the power of the grace of God. Never let any woman feel, I can't be a preacher, I can't be an evangelist, I can't be this, I can't be that, I'm only a housewife, I'm only a mother, I'm only this, or I'm only something else. Read these passages and you'll see that a woman who with reckless abandon lays everything at the feet of Jesus Christ is one of the most potent weapons in the war that God conducts against hell here on earth. One of the most potent instruments of biblical evangelism. One of the greatest instruments for lifting up Christ that God has ever given to his church.
Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408, or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 